Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, and it is September the 16th. We're picking up where we left off the day before yesterday. First of all, I'd like to thank all of you who wish Julie and I a happy 30th wedding anniversary. We had a very nice wedding anniversary, um, and it was great. And it was really nice seeing all of you share your uh, the length of your marriages and relating to mm-hmm. some of the things we we're talking about as far as um, what it takes to be married for 30 years, let alone work with your spouse and just the whole thing. And was, yes, we were really that young when we got married. There yeah, a lot I of know. questions about that. Yeah, we had people asking us if we got married in embryo, which is actually a nice compliment because yes. what they might be suggesting is that we don't look our age, which I, I appreciate. I'll take I, it. I could be reading more into it than what they intended, could but be. I'm going to keep doing that because it makes me feel better. I like that too. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, but yes, we did get married. We did meet when we were super young mm-hmm. and we did get married. Uh, we you know, met in high school, so... Yep, there you go. So we are going to pick up where we left off yesterday, day before, talking about how to build your centers of influence and past clients. This is a critical part of your um, consistent proactive lead generation system. This is always the first spoke that we prescribe to all of our coaching clients that they build first because this will be ultimately one of the easier ways for you to proactively lead generate, one of the easier ways for you to generate, period. And generally speaking, the referrals that come from your centers of influence and past clients do not come with fees. So if you're um, essentially willing to talk with people, which all of you are, if uh, you have some friends, which all of you do, if you have some centers of influence, which hopefully you have hundreds of them along with past clients, this is for you. There's really no excuse not to do it other than the head junk that floats around uh, that, you know, makes you you essentially stands in your way of not just doing this type of work, but a lot of the things in life that takes you to be successful because you're allowing the dominant thought be, what are they going to think of me? And and we talked about this uh, the day before yesterday, how to move past that head junk. But the essence of it is if you, and and I want you to really internalize this and, and be, you know, just really be introspective about it. How many other aspects of your life, if you're one of the people that doesn't like calling their centers of influence and past clients and asking, you know, in a nice, polite, um, not overly pushy way. So let's mm-hmm. just, you know, I'll soften it up a bit. Kind of way. Exactly. Which is what we teach you to do in our coaching program. So if that's your approach, um, why wouldn't you want to do the work? Why wouldn't you want to actually make contact? Why wouldn't you want to actually call people you know, love and care about? and offer them something of value. And if the answer is because, and if you're honest with the answer, it's because uh, once you've moved past knowing what to say and how to say it, frankly, it's easy, then your next thing is going to be as to why you won't want to do it because you're worried about what they're going to think of you. That is something that is the head junk that's not just preventing you from moving forward with your real estate business, but other areas of your life. Uh, and we talked about this on the day before yesterday. You want to yes. say anything on that? Well, we talked about it quite a bit, but I, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I have two perhaps obnoxious coaching thoughts. Uh, <laughs> one would be if you can't talk or you won't talk to people who know, love, and trust you, how are you going to be with strangers? You know, I mean, you should be able to have a reasonable conversation with somebody who already is a friend of yours. You can't do this business if you're not willing to do this work. That, that just that's is the a bottom fact. Line. You won't last. And if you're making it all about you and you're worried about what they're going to think about you, well, I can cure you of that real quick. What are they going to think of you when they find out you failed out of real estate? Yeah. Isn't that worse? 
You know, so yeah, you can work on the head junk all day long, but really the cure to that is to just pick up the phone, have the conversations, use the script, and the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to be at it. And this doesn't just apply to new agents, by the way. No, it certainly doesn't. Some of our worst uh, violators of yeah. this, you know, core uh, income spoke, really, yeah. lead generation spoke, are always the seasoned agents. Well, I think you and Steve, that, that interview that you did with Steve Powers is really hitting them hard because I've had mm-hmm. a lot of conversations about that. And you brought up, I think you were discussing with Steve when you interviewed uh, Greg Newman, yep. who is, you know, a self-admitted violator of this uh, at a at He's a like the event. top prudential agent in the world or number two or three in San Huge. Diego. And he's been like one of the mega agents. There's thousands the, of past for, for like forever, for like yes. 30 years or something. I mean, you know, talk right. about uh, talk about how to build a successful real estate business, copy Greg Newman, but go ahead. Well, you asked him. And by the way, he's prospecting based, just for, in case you're curious. Go yeah, ahead. Well, you had asked him, you know, I think you had a panel of these uh, influential agents you were interviewing, and you were asking him, uh, looking back, what is the biggest mistake that you feel you made? And I will always remember that. I use it on coaching calls. Because he didn't blink when he answered the question. He, he knew. He had thought about it. He said, you know, I, I have thousands of past clients. I've done gajillions of deals. My biggest mistake is not talking with them, not nurturing them, not reaching out to them. And then he went on to say, I don't know if you remember this, he said, I have spent too much money trying to create new business and too much time trying to create new business when I should have taken better care of people who already transacted with me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I remember looking around the room at how that settled in with our attendees because I think they probably expected him to say something different. Uh, But you know, if you've got somebody like that who says their number one regret was not talking to them sooner or more consistently. And the thing is, Jules, is nowadays people are confused about what communication really truly is that we're like, we're referring yeah. to an actual conversation. Like ideally, if you can do it in person, that's, you know, a thousand times better, but picking up the phone, an actual conversation, not some digital video or not some digital thing that you're sending. You know, not something that's going to you know essentially make it so that it's just one way where they're just uh, intaking whatever your content is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you guys have gotten into the business. You think that that is a form of communication, but that is not what we're talking about. There is a place for the social media and all the digital stuff, but it's to supplement the real work. And so you've got to be thinking about this. And I had this, uh, was, you know, Julie and I, this is all we think about. But if you're building, um, you know, a cornerstone, like you're building one of these ancient, you know, these buildings and the buildings like in, in like the White House, for example, mm-hmm. the, which they lost the cornerstone. But evidently there was this cornerstone. And from that cornerstone, you add other. Um, it's a historic thing here where we're going to build the White House. This is the big it's stone. Like a marker. Right. Well, it's a marker, but it's also part of the foundation. Mm-hmm. Right. That's really right. what it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's a foundational thing in your building or in your wall. And if you choose the right first stone, then the other ones are going to rely on that first one in order for them to essentially add to the integrity of the structure that you're creating. That's in essence what it is. That's right. But if you don't have the right stones at the root of your foundation of your business or your wall, that wall is never going to have very much integrity. And the first wind that comes around, it's going to blow the building over. It's like a Jenga puzzle. Exactly. And that that's the problem with how a lot of agents are uh, being led to believe they need to build their real estate businesses mm-hmm. because they're building it based not on real, you know, bedrock, basically. Right. They're building on it, it, this always. This is, I think, when you guys hear this, if you internalize what I'm about to say and really think about it, it's a huge aha. For you out there who think you can skip doing the real work of real estate, I want you to think about this for a second. 
When you are uh, overly reliant on buying your business in any form and you're not doing the real work of real estate, which consumers truly do want you to communicate directly with them and bring value to them. The value thing is this big, like, you know, with quotes around it because you don't necessarily know what to say and how to say say it. That's what we teach you in the coaching program. But you're basically, if you're reliant on digital marketing, you are building your you know, mansion on land you don't own. You're building your castle on land you don't own, whatever. You guys get the analogy? So you're building, putting all this effort into building this structure that's supposed to provide structure for you, supposed to provide comfort for you, supposed to provide, you know, essentially income for you. And you're building it on land you don't own. And sure enough, that landlord is going to come around knocking on your door one day and say, guess what? I want my land back, which means I also get your house. And that hap- actually, that's how a lot of parts of the world, just for those real estate nerds out there, a lot of parts of the world, people do build houses on land that they don't own. That's in, true in California. It's true in Nevada. It's true like in parts of Europe. Mm-hmm. There's like these thousand-year land leases and stuff. Uh, but in when you're building a business, you want to build it on a foundation that you can control. And that's going to be the bedrock. Is def- the cornerstone is definitely going to be your centers of influence and past clients. That's right. And I had a great conversation with a coaching client, Tammy Irby, about mm-hmm. this very topic. And she had just listened to uh, the interview you did with Steve. And her question was, okay, I get the add 250 person challenge. Uh, You guys talked about doing it in a quarter, but he also expanded it to 250 people a year. And the analogy was most people have about 250 workdays. So if you simplify it and just say, I'm going to add one new person every workday, everybody can do that right? As well as the concept of making sure that you kind of purify that list. The list isn't supposed to be too big. So how do you do that? Well, we talked a little bit yesterday about method number two, taking the 30-day challenge, 30 coffee or Zoom coffee dates in 30 days. And and this is one of the things we talked with Tammy about today. But you can meet at Starbucks, your local coffee shop, bakery. You know, um, she brought up a legitimate concern with COVID and we settled on meet with people outside at Starbucks or, you know, someplace that's a little bit more manageable. So I was having a a coaching call with Rob Johnson, Mm -hmm. who uh, we've been coaching since he got into real estate, who's now, I think he's still the number one agent in Greenwich, Connecticut. And with his brand, he's the number one agent in New York City. Mm -hmm. He'll do like 150, 160 million. Right. And so he told, here's, that's exactly what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Essentially, he's building his business, not on marketing, not on buying leads, not on all the stuff that everyone else is doing. He is going out of his way to start meeting with people face to face. Mm -hmm. And and nobody else in this marketplace is doing it. And agents rationalize it uh, by saying, I'm just too busy. And trust me, you're not busier than Rob. And he's still carving out time to have these little sit-downs and the meets and the greets. And that's making an enormous difference in the referrals that he's getting. And a direct in-person contact, guys, to be clear, is more effective than a phone call. But phone calls are more uh, efficient because you can make more phone calls. You should do both. You should do both is the answer. Yep. That's right. So all of you should consider and hopefully do the 30-day challenge. We've talked a lot about using the Ford Memory Jogger, talking about family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. And of course, when you talk about real estate, your occupation, be positive and use the script. Real estate's amazing right now, and I've been so blessed to help so many people this year. I've actually set a goal of helping five more families buy or sell real estate by the end of this year. Whom do you know who I should be helping buy or sell? Yep. The script that we use on virtually every podcast yep. where we talk about expansion of your center. Completely. Of and you guys could have gone and had a conversation talking about anything, right? The kid's school schedule or whatever. It just could have been a very innocuous, nice, just normal daily conversation. And right as the conversation's ending, and this is, and Rob Johnson also did this to a T. He would end every conversation with, uh, 
by the way, and he's British, so he says it very you know, elegantly, but by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling real estate that I should be helping? Now, he had a slight deviation on that, but that was the gist of it. He would say it so frequently to his friends and the people that he would see in the regular places that he would tend and go to every uh, week, month, you know, that they would say it before he said it as a bit of a joke. But the point was- He trained them, though. He trained them, exactly. Yeah. And they were indeed sending him referrals. And they were okay with it. They weren't weird about it. It wasn't a, you know, it was a positive thing for those of you who are all screwed up in your heads about this. And Rob will not ever, ever uh, do any sort of real proactive lead generation to anybody other than a center of influence and past clients. And all of our centers, and uh, with very few exceptions, are the highest end agents that we have ever coached. Agents making like money that Rob does. A bulk of their business comes from essentially a scaled up centers of influence and past client That's list. Right. And you can do that when you do it really well. And really your average, but well, here, but let's also Rob's average sale price is three and a half million dollars. Well, that's so, not terrible either. So every it? time he <laughs> sells something, it's a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So if you, you know, you guys get the point. You have to, if you're one, like when Julie and I sold real estate, we could not have done the units that we wanted to do and created the revenue we wanted to create if it was just solely based on centers of influence and past clients. So we had to add some of the other uh, proactive prospecting spokes to supplement that. Because mm-hmm. even though we had a really strong center of influence and past client list after you know three or four years, the reality of it was is the amount of deals we could get from those num- that number of people wasn't, and then essentially the number of people we could efficiently uh, take care of it. We needed to do other things, and that's as most what we did. of you do. As most of you do, yeah, because yes. your average sale price is not three and a half million. Yes, and we've done entire podcasts on method number three. And by the way, if you guys are interested in learning more about our coaching program, we made it very simple for you. Just text the word success to 47372. Text the word success to 47372. And when you do, we're going to text you back an updated version of the real estate treasure map. And we're also going to, uh, you're going to be entitled to a uh, coaching call with one of our new member coaches. So text the word success to 47372. And this is really, again, we've been hopefully making a very lasting impression on all of you guys that your new year has effectively already started and your 2022 is here. So if you don't have your real estate treasure map done, if you don't have your business and life plan done, if you don't actually have the um, essentially the plan and then aren't starting to take the actions to really move forward to your um, rolling into the new year with momentum, what are you going to do then? You're going to wait to the calendar to flip and then you're going to try to build momentum and it's going to take you till like April or May and then you're going to have like three or four months and, you're, and then you guys get the point. The reason that most agents have this really sharp bell curve in their income is because they don't know to start their year the last quarter of the previous year. That's what we're helping, hopefully helping you to uh, be enlightened by is the importance of taking action on this. Text the word success to 47372. When you do, we'll text you back a link and you can download the real estate treasure map. And someone from our office, uh, if you're you know assuming you're interested, will then call you and you can have a conversation with one of our new member coaches. Yes. Okay. So method number three, and your job is not to choose one of these methods. It's to do all of them simultaneously as best you can. Okay. So method number three is one of my favorite host, small COVID aware events, ideally outside with 10 or so friends and past clients, a barbecue, a Halloween party, a wine tasting. There's lots of different options. We talk about all of this in uh, Facebook live for our coaching sessions. We've got a 12 month center of influence plan that our premier coaching clients get that talks about these types of smallish events. So I'm gonna circle back to Tammy just for a second because her event in October is going to be, I believe it's a food drive. She's got different trucks she's taking around to visit past clients, centers of influence, neighborhoods that she works, open houses, the whole nine, the biggest list that she can get. 
She's gathering uh, along with her team. She's got um, different trucks going out for a food drive that will go to local food banks. That's going to get a lot of advertising and press, and we're really going to do that up. So these types of events are great because you can have one day with a lot of contact. This is the perfect time of year for someone who's never done an event yes. to get inspired and motivated from this mm -hmm. podcast mm -hmm. and then to set up at least, you, look guys, it could be some small events, right? It doesn't have to be some big elaborate thing. That's Work, right. scale up to the big elaborate thing. When Julie and I sold real estate, Julie had the great idea of um, the pumpkin. What did you call it? Pumpkin Fest. Pumpkin Fest, right. We started Pumpkin Fest where we went to a local farmer. We bought a bunch of pumpkins. Um, and then we put them in our front yard and we basically had a little, you know, pumpkin fest where the kids can come. I think Julie got inspired from the great pumpkin of from course. peanuts or something, right? Exactly. Pumpkin, yeah. And so the kids would come to our front yard, the parents would come to our front yard and then they would buy the pumpkins. And all we asked for in exchange for pumpkins is they dropped off canned goods to which we donate to the local. And yeah. it didn't cost hardly anything. I mean, a pump, wholesale yeah. pumpkins like $3 or less even. Yeah. And then that scaled up over the years where the pumpkins would be gone, like they'd show up in the morning, like 6 a.m. We'd be out there placing pumpkins every everywhere. And then they'd be gone by like nine, right? And so then we had to add more pumpkins and we had to make it bigger. And we then included the yep. Red American Red Cross. And we this is how you, but don't try to bite off more than yeah. you can mentally, emotionally, and financially chew. Just get started getting in front mm -hmm. of people. Yeah, the first one was in our front yard. I think we had 200 pumpkins which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you unload them from the truck, it's a lot. Yep. Uh, but it's easy to find a local <laughs> farmer that's, you know, will do this and deliver it for you. you. Get some people to help you out. Have people in your database help you out. There you go. But you can start it, get your neighborhood permission, whatever you've got to do with your HOA. That's one way to do it. We did it in front of an elementary school one year. That was a huge it, one. Uh, we did it in front of a library one year as well. But you can scale it up. So, you know, don't overthink it. You've just got to get into action. And we also, I just want to remind them to utilize people who have businesses in their database. So remember we had Tristan from Starbucks. She brought over the Starbucks coffee. You can support people that have businesses for your events as well and kind of tie your people together. That's always a good thing. And so the point being, guys, is we have a 12-month center of influence past client. Here's what you should be doing. Most Every of the month. things we're suggesting you do cost you nothing. It's basically you calling or doing some, you know, basically something nice for them. It's not – there's no buying of tchotchkes. We're not big tchotchkes. You know, that's not something – no, the point is to make maximum contact in minimum time and offer something of value, something and that of value, and, and you warm can do and that, fuzzy. and you can do that verbally, really. And so that's what, that's essentially how our plan works. It's, it's essentially free. All you got to do is just basically make the effort and schedule out in the, into the future. But this time of year, the point being, this is the perfect time of year to be planning something for the holidays. Do something that's tied to a local charity. Julie and I also were tied to. Um, the Humane Society. And yeah. with their permission, we started a, a charity, a real, it was a kind of a, a USP, a unique selling yeah. proposition, which was buy or sell with me and adopt a pet for free, another Julie Harris idea. So what we would do is we would basically, you know, with America, or I'm sorry, the Humane Society would also market this along with us that we'll cover the adoption fees of whatever they want to adopt from the Humane Society. Um, obviously they still had to qualify and the Humane Society wanted to make sure that they weren't uh, giving the pets, the animals away to people that weren't going to take care of them. So that, but then we would cover the hard cost, which wasn't very much money. 35 bucks a pet. Exactly. But that was something again that set us apart in the marketplace. But most importantly, Julie and I, you know, we're, we love animals. And so it yeah. was something that made us feel, uh, feel really good and it made us feel good mm -hmm. to see animals getting adopted. That's right. And there's lots of organizations. You mentioned uh, the Humane Society, the American Red Cross. These these types of events are great because 
entities like them, they already have advertising set up. They know how to do press releases. They're already running ads on TV. American Red Cross, if you call up the American Red Cross and offer to do a blood drive in in, um, combination with your event, what they will do is they will, guess what, pick up the phone and call, which is what you should be doing, all the people who have donated blood who is in their database that's near to where that uh, blood donation uh, drive is going to be. They will call those people. They then do press releases saying, you know, Tim and Julie Harris in conjunction with American Red – well, it's usually American Red Cross in conjunction with Tim and Julie Harris are doing a blood drive at this address from this time and this time. So when we would do this with our pumpkin thing and we do it with the American Red Cross, it was hundreds of people. It was crazy yeah. because, you know, they prospected to get people there. Well, but also but we were being put – we, as our, you know, Tim and Julie Harris, the real estate practitioners in New Albany, Ohio, were then being put in a light of, you know, being very much in contribution to helping people in the community. And they loved it. Absolutely. And it was fun. We had a great time. Totally. So uh, consider not just perhaps one event. You could do small events, big events, at least one a quarter And there's lots of different spins to this. So that's method number three. Method number four, after after virtually every conversation in real life, we talked about this in previous points, end the conversation with, who do you know who I should be helping with their real estate needs? Now, I called that method number four because agents don't often think about ending, say I, I have you in contract and I have to talk to you about an inspection item and I help you get it resolved. I can do that on that call. It doesn't have to be like a colder experience. It doesn't have to be prospecting on purpose for that. It should be virtually every conversation to your point about Rob. Well, you know what I'm thinking of right now? I'm thinking of Sergio that we met last night, yeah. right? So Sergio is a new agent. He lives here in uh, Puerto Rico. Julie and I sponsored him into EXP. And Julie and I are having trying to have a nice glass of Chardonnay yesterday. And he sees us, comes up, and starts talking to us. And he had basically started into real estate with all this motivation and excitement. And he sort of like petered out. And he sort of stalled out. And we hadn't seen him because we've been gone for 60 days. He stopped communicating with me, you know, all that type of thing. And I asked him what's holding, you know, he told us that he just doesn't feel confident. He doesn't understand. And this goes back to the original thing of asking people for business and just doing it in a way that you are comfortable doing. Now, somebody like Sergio and most of you will not be comfortable no matter how nerfed up that script is, no matter what you're going to say, mm-hmm. the first few times you ask, or you ask. The first two few times you ask, you will be petrified. All your in your mind, your mind is going to – it's going to be full of like the what worst ifs? case scenario, what ifs. But the way you get confidence, Sergio, and everyone else that's like Sergio, which is most of you, you, is just by doing it. And that's the only way you're going to do it. It's just by doing it. There's no Look, we can mindset hack you till the cows come home. But at the end of the day, it's going to take you actually saying the words. So why don't you skip the months and years of anguish, of self-torture, self-flagellation. Why don't you just go to the point where you're just going to say it? Ask it for the first time. Uh, just go up and say ask your mom yes exactly you gotta start somewhere right you know after you meet again just enter include that right now you're used to saying hello and goodbye most of you right you have things that are part of your conversational norms replace goodbye with oh by the way who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling that i should be helping in this market right include that in everything you uh, everyone you talk to at all times tim that's just not me tim that's just i'm just not okay okay that's fine Good luck. Good luck. Buenas suerte. That's for Sergio. I know. Well, one of the things that I found has helped coaching clients, and I'm going to save that last method for number for tomorrow because that's going to take about 20 minutes for me to present. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I know has helped coaching clients is when we give them permission to actually be themselves, right? Be you. I mean, unless 
the one or two people that are listening are actually axe murderers. Other than them, okay? <laughs> be yourself. Most of you guys have great personalities. Smile more. Be yourself. Be, you know, the self that you're comfortable with first. And that reminds you that you don't have to change your personality. You don't have to do any of that goofiness to be uh, very successful at this business. But the second thing, after you realize I can be myself, but be yourself talking about real estate. Don't yep. be a secret agent. And because when they know you're in real estate, which hopefully most of them will, and you don't talk to them about real estate, here's the here's the ultimate. Um, this is the, a great way of eliminating the ego that's holding you back from actually having these conversations. Ask yourself, challenge your, you know, you're thinking, ask yourself, what do they think about me when I don't ask if they know I'm in real estate, right? Mm-hmm. So when you don't ask somebody for, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling and I should be helping? When you don't say that to people on a regular basis and they know you're in real estate and they just talk to you about whatever they just talked to you about, what impression do you think you're leaving with them about you? They think you're too busy. They right. think you don't know what you're doing. They think that, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe they don't like me. Yep. That's what it happens. It becomes weird. It becomes weird it, to them. Like, so if I know, it, and we've experienced this, right? Um, again, we, when you're, I gave you a thousand examples, but the bottom line is what Julie just said. If you're not asking people for business and you are in the business of selling real estate and you're not nicely bringing up the fact that you would love to help them or someone that they know, care and love, you know, with a buying or selling of a home and you're not saying that to them, I promise you, you're building up a concophony of confused negative thoughts about you for not having asked. Because what they're going to backfill that with is, I know that Bob is in real estate. I see Bob practically every day at, you know, wherever I see him. But not once has Bob even brought up real estate or not once has Bob even overtly asked me for a lead or not once has Bob asked me, offered to do a CM, nothing. There's been no conversation from Bob in a meaningful way about real estate. Well, and then they start making up things about you. Like maybe you're not actually a residential agent. Maybe you do something else. Maybe you think I'm not going to spend enough money. Maybe you just don't like me. Maybe you just right. are too busy. Maybe, or maybe you're just not professional and you're just doing this part time. You it's see what happens hobby, you when know. you don't ask, they start creating reasons in their heads why you didn't ask. And the one that they always end, where they all sellers will end, all your past clients, will, potential past clients and centers of influence, where they'll all end up is the same thought. Bob just doesn't like me or he'd ask me for business everybody's brain will go down to that common denominator and then you'll see that they buy and sell with somebody else. And many of you who've been in this business for a long time know the pain of driving past a for sale sign that does not have your name on it. That is a house that you sold to those buyers. Uh, you know, and maybe you've done multiple transactions. And they listed with somebody else. Cause and you then, didn't talk to them. And then when you go and you were, t- if you have the guts to ask them WTF, why did you list with somebody else? They will tell you it's not because you did a bad job, not because they don't like you, not because they didn't like your, you know, your Christmas card and not because we're all the other nice things you did. They will say, I listened with Betty because she asked. I listened with Betty because she, you know, that that's what's going to make the difference. That's the reason that Julie and I and we talk about this in our book, Harris Rules. We obviously talk about this in the podcast and our coaching program, everything we do. We want you to realize that all the other passive stuff, the direct mail, the social, the digital, that does have a place. But now more than ever, because everybody's doing that other stuff, the thing that makes the difference is the direct contact. 
more than ever. And when you hear anybody say that's old school, you got to realize that's just somebody who doesn't do the real work and they're just trying to talk you out of doing it because if you do it and you start getting results, right, they're then going to have to start questioning what their mooring lines or their egotistical restraints are to them actually doing that real work if they're still in the business. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's right. direct, right? Well, and that's that's just on that level of a transaction. You, you, we didn't even talk about all of the future referrals that you totally. won't get because you didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. So just remember, secret agents have skinny kids. And yeah. And don't be one. <laughs> the kid or the agent. Yep, there it is. So guys, listen, um, do drill down. Do make this your best quarter. Now, I, again, there's effectively now probably 40 working days left this year. Work those days. Work the working days. Start by getting your real estate treasure map done. Start by assuming, it, you know, mentally and uh, you know, physically, right, as in money. Think about your new year having already started. Don't wait till the calendar to flip because that's what everyone else does. One of the best ways to be successful is don't do what, every other, what everyone else does. Or put it in a different way, do what successful people do, which is they don't do what everybody else does. So if everybody's flopping to, or you know, flying to the latest shiny object, you've got to assume that said shiny object is not where you need to go. You need to go where everyone else isn't. That's where you're going to have the least amount of noise, the least amount of really effectively competition, and you're going to have a higher probability of you getting that business because, again, if you're having a direct conversation and everybody's being passive, oh, they're in my drip campaign, oh, I'm going to mail them a postcard, I'm going to drop off a water gauge, I'm going to give them a pumpkin pie in November, but they don't have any uh, conversations, the person who has the conversation will win nine out of ten times. It's that simple. That's right. The only other reason the other person would win is that pumpkin pie is really damn good. Yeah, well, so <laughs> let's round the bend by reminding them that when somebody has a decision to make about listing their house, first thing they ask themselves is, who do I already know? Your job is to be the person that they already know. Yep. And you all know when, when you do compete, if you're competing against somebody who is in their center of influence, who they're friends with, they communicate with all the time, that is the hardest person to uh, compete against. So it's better when you are that person. Um, we should have led with this, and we need to end, uh, uh, start with this tomorrow. The statistics that were done where they're showing how the three filters that people yes. put themselves through. Don't forget that we'll tomorrow. Start that tomorrow. Uh, there's a rare, there's tons of research that's been done on this, but it's incredibly fascinating when you're looking to hire a roofer or you know somebody, somebody a product, usually a service provider. The um, ingrained sort of almost physiological decision-making tree that all of us go through, which is irrefutable and has not changed no matter how much technology has inundated our lives. And the first thing, I'll just go through it and Julie will backfill with the, the percentages tomorrow because it's really cool. So what most people do when they have to hire a service provider and just put yourself in a mindset of you want to hire a roofer, the first thing you're going to do is ask yourself if you know a roofer. If you don't know a roofer, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to ask a trusted friend or advisor. If they don't know any roofers, which for the most part, between that first question, do I know someone? Second question, trusted friend or advisor, do they know someone? Most people will have already found, and if I remember correctly, it's something like 98% of everybody is going to have found who they're going to work with just by who do I know or does one of my centers of influence and past clients, somebody I you know, trust, who do they know? Who can I get, you know? And then people will respond to marketing Only advertising. about 2% of the time will they respond, which totally makes sense because direct mail, always and forever, has only given back 1% to 2% exactly. on a good day. Sometimes it's 0%. You see how you guys, it's how, how you know, we uh, hit you with that 
that damn logic that stuff, bomb. that truth bomb and that logic well, stuff. Well, I was just thinking while you're talking, uh, and we do need to wrap up, that yep. um, we started late today because I was on the phone taking care of some stuff with the house in Murphy, North Carolina. And yep. I have a book. And if I look at that book of all of the different utility people, the propane guy, the tree stump grinder guy, you know, I think 100% of them came from our next door neighbor because Kevin, yes. we didn't know anybody. We went yep. through the first filter. Who do I know? Well, I don't know anybody in Murphy. Okay, so... Who do I trust? Our next door neighbor slash developer here too. Puerto Rico too. Oh, I use it every day, every single day. Right. So we, we, it is definitely true. Exactly, and, and you know that you guys do it too. Everyone does it the same way, and that's the thing that's the miracle of under. If you allow yourself to listen, and Jules will backfill with numbers tomorrow. But if you allow yourself to realize that most people, you listeners are making your decisions not by uh, marketing, advertising, and branding. Then after that, how is that marketing, advertising, and branding person going to sell you marketing, advertising, and branding if you've learned and accepted the truth? That is the mm -hmm. freedom that comes from essentially knowledge. Knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. When you have a marketing and branding-based business, it's a lot of fear. Fear will it work. Fear, are they going to, you know, all the inconsistencies that happen with basically buying your business. Knowledge equals confidence. That comes from the knowledge of knowing how to actually build a really great business that's predicated on an incredibly uh, uh, sound foundation that will last generations. Indeed. So be the yeah. person they know. If you guys have any suggestions for us for podcasts, if there's anything that we can be talking about that will help you in your real estate businesses, or if you'd like to talk to Julie and I about joining EXP, of course, we'd love to speak with you about being your sponsors. Um, we are formally applying for the job of being your sponsor. So if you have not chosen someone, please do consider texting me directly at 512-758-0206. That is my cell phone number. Uh, do, uh, do text. Don't call. Do text. Do not call. 512-758-0206. And we'll start the conversation there. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. And we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.